Welcome everyone to the Oavetola. I'm gonna pick this next Welcome everyone to the Oavetola Daf Yomi Shur. Today's Shur is Daf Yudchet. We'll begin on Yud Zayin Amurbet, the bottom of the page. Uh, today's Daf is available. Anyone with the zikhut, wants the Zuchut, please contact Mr. Mike Solomon, who's anxiously awaiting your phone call to uh, sponsor the Daf. Okay, we're starting the word Ditnan towards the bottom of the page. Ditnan Shosh Alasot Chazaka. Today's daf is discussing the topic of chazaka. If a person sells a field, normally you're supposed to keep the document as proof that you bought the field. So if you're the buyer of a field, you want to keep the document for a while. In general, you have to keep the document for a couple of years, for three years. Once you're on the land and everyone sees you there for three years, that's called a chazaka, and you no longer need to furnish proof of, of, of the transaction. You now, the fact that you've been there for three years without protest is, is in itself a sign that you own the field. The Mishnah, discuss, we're discussing, what, let's say, the reason why it is like that is because uh, the guy didn't protest. Now, what's called a protest? We're going to discuss that there's a machloket about protest, whether protests work when they are shalob if they don't, if you're not in front of the guy. Do you have to go to the guy's face and tell him, hey, you're in my land, get out? Or it's enough to take two witnesses Hi, Gabe. Take two witnesses. Have them. Have the two witnesses um, stand in front of you and tell them, "Hey, that's my field. This guy's on my field. Is that enough?" So let's see the Mishnah. Says the Mishnah as follows: The Tanan we learned in the Mishnah, Shalosh Alatzot Chazaka. There's three lands when regarding Chazaka: Yehuda, Every Aden on the other side of the Jordan, and the Galil in the, in the north. If the owner is in Yehuda and the field that the other guy is trying to take possession of is in the Galil or by Galil doesn't work. doesn't work unless you're in the same town. So the, you, you're trying to your claim of three years alone will only work will only work if you're in the same place as him. If you have him, you know, let's, Mario wants to clarify what is this Mishnah talking about? What are we holding? If this rabbi says you can make a remote, remote protest and you don't have to be with the guy, so then why would it not work if one's in the Yehuda and what, what if the owner is in Yehuda and the other rabbis and the other, the other persons in the other land? Who cares? It should still work. You, <coughs> we're able to make a remote protest. So why can't I make a good chazaka when my when the owner old owner of the field is in another land? Why didn't he make a protest? Who cares in the land? If you hold like that, then you should be allowed to do it. And if you claim that a remote protest does not work, then I feel Then why does it help if you're in the same land? So what? He's in the same land. He's in the same country. But if it's not in front of him, it shouldn't work at all. Why should it work? So says the Gemara, Really we hold that if it's not in front of you, it is Macha. Our Mishnah is talking about a case at a time of emergency. And since it's at a time of emergency, which means there's a war going on, there, if a guy makes a protest, nobody hears about it because everyone's just hearing the news about the war. No one's going to hear about that. And therefore... Therefore, the protest not in front of him, 
will not work, and you and, and you and therefore you have to assume that there might have been a protest made, even though you didn't hear about it. <laughs> so why do we mention Yehuda and Galil, two different areas? Uh, since the, these two areas are so far apart, even in a, in a non-wartime, it's like a wartime, and therefore, uh, if the owner is in the other area, you cannot make a protest. But we hold that mechah shlo have a so therefore, we're not asking a question anymore on a rabbi who says remote protests. Really, remote protests work, but they do not work if you're in a completely different land where word doesn't get around. And therefore, you'd have to hold on to your document if the owner is not in your land. Because your, your, your three years only work if your owner sticks around. If the former owner sticks around. Is that clear, Mike? Good. Says Okay, now we're going back to the Mishnah. The Mishnah had said, we had a case when the guy says, this field was your father's and I bought it from him. We said that he's believed. Why? Because, why you believe? Because since you're the one who admitted that it was his father's, he didn't know anything about it. So therefore, you didn't have to say anything. The fact that you said something means you're telling the truth and we believe you. That was our Mishnah. So, Mario says, why do you have to talk about a case of a field? Why can't we say a simple case? We literally let the Mishnah say, that Yeshua admits that if a guy says to his friend, I borrowed a hundred from you, and I paid you, then I believed. If the guy didn't know that he borrowed the money, why, why can't, then, then the fact that I'm admitting to you shows that I'm telling you the truth. It's the same concept. Why does it have to be a case of land? It could have been this. So they might know. We want to say the safer. And now the safer we want to say that if there are witnesses that he borrowed it and he says I paid you, then he's not believed because we don't need you. You're, you have to understand, Mike, what's going on here is your admission. When you, when you come and you admit to the guy that, the, that, that you owed him money, right? When you come and you admit to the guy, we owed you money, right? So you're coming and saying, hi, I have information you didn't know. And that itself gives you a believability because you didn't have to, you didn't have to admit and then it, makes, it gives you a believability. But had there been witnesses for the same fact that you owed him money, then you wouldn't be believed in the first place, right? Because... You're not believing that you paid because we have witnesses without you. You didn't admit anything. You're claiming you paid. You'll prove it. Now, if we kept our case in the case of land, so we understand the case of land, if there's witnesses that it was the guy's father's land, it doesn't work. But if it was a case of money, you run into a separate problem. The separate problem you run into is that the rule is that if you borrow money with witnesses, you don't have to pay back with witnesses. And therefore, the halakha is that when you say you paid, you don't need witnesses for that. And therefore, it wouldn't be true. And that's why we didn't pick that case. So we didn't pick a case of money, because by money, even though there's witnesses that you borrowed it, you don't have to pay back with witnesses. And therefore, since we hold that, you don't have to pay back with witnesses, he might have paid back and he should be believed, even if, even if the witnesses says he borrowed it, he should still, should, he should still be believed.
therefore we didn't pick a case like that. Okay. Why don't we say a case that when, when Rabbi Shua admits in the case when the guy tells his friend, your father lent me a hundred, and I gave him back half. That he's believed. Right? And this is the extra chidush. Why? Because normally when you admit to half of the money, you're a modeb mixat, you admit to half, and we usually make you swear. And over here, since the whole loan was only acknowledged in the first place by you, wasn't demanded of you, it was acknowledged in the first place by you, we're going to say, the fact that you are the one who, who, who made yourself in trouble. There were no witnesses to this fact. You didn't have any, there was no reason for you to even say it. And that would have been a bigger chidush. Why don't we say that case? Murray asks back, wait a second, what are you asking? I'll leave it to man, who are you going like when you're asking this question? I'll leave it to Rabbanan. If you go and coin to the rabbis, they hold that you're you, that you are a meshiva. You're, you're like a returner of a lost object, and you would be believed. Right? The, the rabbis generally say that uh, just like when a guy returns a wallet, right? He's patur from swearing, right? So here, here too, right? If, if I if I return a a, a, a lost wallet to you, and you say, Rabbi, there was a thousand dollars in the wallet, not five hundred dollars in the wallet, I don't have to swear because I'm the one who came. Uh, I gave you the five hundred, or you didn't know. I, I gave I gave you the five hundred. So too, right? So uh, according, there's no question. And according to Rabbi Yaakov, he says that he has to swear in such a case. And therefore, why would I need to tell you this law? Now, what's the, what's the Brighton that tells you these laws of Rabbanan and Rebezim and Yaakov? The Daniel went in the Brighton. Rebezim and Yaakov, Omer, Pa'amim, sometimes, Sha'adam Nishba'at Hanat A person can swear on his own claim. Ketzer, how does it work? Manala, Vicha, Be'yadiva, Chaltipahas. If a guy tells a, 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 a kid that your father lent me a hundred, I paid him back half, I owe him fifty. Harezim Nishba'at, he has to swear. Because he's more damn excited, he admitted to half. That's a case where you have to swear on your own claim. You claim that you own 50 and you have to swear on it. But the rabbis say no. They say no. You're like a returner of a lost object in your patur. Right? And therefore, in this case, the, the Mishnah can't say because it won't fit with the, with the Chachamim and not with the Rezman Yaakov. Because both these rabbis hold their law no matter in, in either case. So says the Gemara, Rezman Yaakov, let the Mishim Abatur. You want to claim that Rezman Yaakov claim, says that if you return a wallet, you're going to have to swear. Why is he saying over here that you have to swear? What's wrong? Why is it different than the wallet case? Amarav betoanok katan. Rebbe Yaakov is talking about a case when he's. What does he say that you have to? You have to. You have to swear. Is the guy who's claiming he's a katan, which means it's a kid who says, "I know your father owed me. My father lent you money." 
and therefore, in that case, he says you have to swear because you're, you're not really Meshach with that. He knows that you owe money. Simar says, Bahama, Mar, didn't the rabbi say, we don't accept the words of a katan. Why would we accept the words of a katan over here? Money. Right, right? You don't swear. You don't swear on a claim of a kid. So if a kid comes and says, you owe my father money, we ignore the claim altogether. So why would that make this guy swear also? Or he says, no. Man katan gadol. When we said a katan, we meant a gadol. So why would you call him a katan? Because he doesn't know well his father's business. He's a gadol. But you could be 60 years old, but if your father's 80 and you don't know his business, so then you're a katan for him, and therefore your claim is not really a bari. It's a, more like a shema. Okay? Ihachi, if so, tanat atzmo, why do we claim? It's his own claim, tanat echanimu. Right? Why is he saying that he's claiming? Rebbe statement, if you're claiming Rebbe Yaakov is talking about a katan, the words of Rebbe Yaakov were, here you have a case where a guy swears on his own claim. This guy's not swearing on his own claim. He's swearing on the claim, on the claim of a katan, a 60-year-old katan. It's not his own claim. Right? Versus no. When he said it's his own claim, you're right. It's someone else's claim, but it's his admitting to the claim. Right? Says the Gemara, Kulu Tanata. Tanat Echerim Hodat Atzmoni. All these claims are other people claiming against him, and he admits. Right? Right? Well, it can't be that. Every claim is someone else claiming he admits. Why are we calling this Tanat Atzmoni? Ela Hacha Bidera. You played the video or not? I just finished. Okay, good. You went? I remember Rabbi Mani. He told me the same time Sunday. Ella says the Gemara. Hacha b'dirabah kemeti. Here they're arguing about Rabbah. The Rabbah has a special rule. Rabbah explains the psychology of why a modem mixad has to swear. The guy who admits he has to swear. Because Rabbah says, we're worried. Why did Torah say that the Modem has to swear? You know why? We assume. We know that a guy doesn't have the goal to deny completely someone who lent him money. I owe you nothing. This guy really wants to deny the whole thing. So why didn't he deny the whole thing? Because a person doesn't have the guts. That's why he doesn't deny the whole thing. Really, he would like probably like to admit the whole thing. Why did he admit the whole thing? Because he needs more time. He says, He says, you know what? I'll just admit to half, and when I have all the money, I'll pay everything. So the Torah says, Let's put a shivua on this fellow. This way, he can admit to the whole thing. So therefore, the reason why we make the guy swear is because we're, we want him to admit that he really owes the whole thing and he's trying to buy time, admit it now. Don't deny it and admit it later, admit it all now. And if he swears he's believed? If he swears he's believed, because then we don't believe that he'll swear falsely. We think he's just trying to put a delay tactic to get, to get paid later, but he, he really doesn't believe that. So, so, 
So Rebbein Yaakov says, we don't, it doesn't make a difference if it's him or his son. Either way, a guy doesn't have the guts to deny it in front of everyone. Therefore, since he doesn't have the guts, the fact that he admitted to half is not a proof that he's saying the truth. You see what's going on? The question is like this. When we said that a guy doesn't have the guts to deny it in front of his lender, does that mean he doesn't have the guts to deny it in front of the lender himself only? Or even a lender and his son? Why? Because let's say Ralph lends you money. And Ralph's son, Joey, doesn't know about it. Now, when you don't have the guts, is it only in front of Ralph or even in front of Joey? Why? Because if it's only in front, if it's in front of Ralph and Joey, you don't have the guts. So therefore, the fact that you admitted half is not because you're such a good guy. It's because you don't have the guts to deny it. And then why should we believe you? You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not like a guy who lost, returned the wallet. You're not a re- wallet returner. You're a guy who has no guts. That's who you are. But if a guy does have the guts to deny in front of Joey, so the fact that I admitted in front of Joey does prove I'm a wallet returner, then that's why you should believe. You with me? Grab an answer, no. Bohu, the end of my ears. Only with him, but you don't have the guts. But the son, you do have the guts. So is is the son in a category of the father that you don't have the guts to, to deny in front of him? That's Machloka. Rabbi Rezvenikov says the son is in the category, and therefore, since you don't have the guts, you have no migu, and you're not believed. And the Chachamim say no, he's not in the category, and therefore the fact you admitted you, you, you would have, you would be easy to deny it, and the reason why you didn't deny it is because you're a good guy, and that's why we trust you, of course. Okay. Here's a new Mishnah. Says the Mishnah. Ha'edim she'amnu. Witnesses claim, the witnesses say, yes, this is our handwriting. We did sign this document. Aval anusim ha'inu, but we were forced to sign it. Opsule edut ha'inu. Or we were, we were um, gamblers and we were pasul. Oktanim, you know, or we were kids. I just did it out of order. Hare elu neemanim. They are believed. Right? But if there's witnesses that is their signature, like in the previous case, if we have independent verification that's your signature, or we already have this signature on a previous document, then they're not believed. Why are they not believed? Because we know it anyway. Because you know, you wouldn't even admit that it was your signature in the first place. Right, it's not an admission. That's not an admission. Okay. Says the Gemara, says, when did we say this law? When they said that we were forced. What does it mean, forced? How forced were they? Did they force them that they put a gun to the head, we'll shoot you if you don't sign? Or it means that if you don't sign, we're going to take away your money. Right? Now, 
You're not allowed to sign if they're going to take away your money. So if they do that, then they're really saying that they're the Shaim. So we said, we only talked about a case where we said, Mahmoud Mamon. But if we said that they put a gun to our head, then they're always believed. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're talking about the, the second case. <laughs> In the second case, we said that, that, that if we know the guy's signature from somewhere else or there's witnesses, then they're not believed, right? Now, on that case, on that case, it's Davka only in a specific case where you're not believed because you're making yourself a rasha. Because you're saying, oh, for money I signed. For money, aha. That's not a good reason. Therefore, we, only, we don't believe you to say that you're a rasha. But if you're claiming that they put a gun to your head, there's nothing wrong with signing when someone puts a gun to your head. And therefore, if you're not making yourself a rasha, we will believe you. Even though we have your 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 your, your signature somewhere else, says Rabbi Barachama. That is Rabbi Barachama, but Rava doesn't like that at all. Amalei Rava, Rava says, "Call Kamini, you think so? You believe like that?" We know that we don't allow a guy to take back testimony. Testimony is never allowed to be retracted. So who cares that the guy is coming with the whole reason? We don't allow. Retraction of testimony. What's going on? Maybe you'll answer me. Honey, when don't we allow retraction of testimony? That's if it's verbal testimony. But if we're talking about written testimony, then you can retract. Witnesses who sign on a star, Nasa Kabishi Nekarai Dutu Bebedin, we say that that's as if it was, it was, uh, as if they were interrogated in Bebedin. And if that's true, then these guys did testify because you wrote on a star. And if you testify, you can't backtrack. So Rava doesn't like this explanation. Ela Itmar, if Rava Muhammad really said something, he was probably talking about the first part of our Mishnah. Oh, what's the first part of Mishnah? It says, that they are believed if you don't have their, if, if they're, if they're, you don't have witnesses that it's them, then they are believed. And on that, we're saying that this, that you are believed, says, That's only if they say that we were forced with a gun to our heads. That's when they're believed. And then they're not believed if they claim with money. Why not? Because if they're claiming money, they make. That's the reason. So. Yeah, we don't believe you even on yourself, even though we didn't know otherwise. You're still not believed to make yourself a shot, even in that situation. Okay. They're not believed to make you pasul. And the rabbis say they are believed. I understand according to the banan. Are you there, Victor? 
Oh, I'm talking to myself. Okay. Maybe we'll stop at Tanur It's a good place to stop. Okay, we're going to stop over here. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Amen.